Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Preteen Ministry. My name is Sam Beam, and I'm excited you are here today. I hope you guys are doing great. Having a wonderful day. I'm going to ready to learn some stuff. Uh, I hope these are helpful, as always. Um, and if they're not, just, just let me know. I'll work on it. But anyways, I'm glad you're here, um, and I'm excited about today. Um, today is... Uh, August 4th, so we are jumping into uh, a new month, and I'm excited about all the fun things this school year is going to bring. It's going to be great. Uh, today, a shout-out is going to go to uh, Kids Matter Megacon. I will be there again this year, and I would love to see y'all out there uh, this time. Kids Matter Megacon, if you don't know, is one of the biggest uh, kids ministry conferences out there, and it's a great opportunity um, to not only learn and grow um, and, and refresh but also to connect and, and meet others and find resources and tools for your um, ministry. And it's just a, it's a great, great time. It's a lot of fun um, and a lot of uh, meeting people and, and learning and growing. And so I encourage you guys to check it out. I'm going to have that link down below. Kidman Megacon is great. It is fun. And I will see you guys there. Um, so let me know if you're coming so I can find you. That'd be cool. Uh, but today uh, we are talking about uh, what our kids are walking into and what we can do about it in our ministry. And I said what our kids are walking into, uh, and I just mean uh, in general into the culture, but also as they jump back into the school year, they're jumping back into a, a larger uh, pressure, a larger consistent pressure from the culture, from the things that they're experiencing in their school. And so we really wanted to dive into what they're they're experiencing, what they're going through, and what we can do as preaching pastors to walk alongside them through our ministry and through our love. And so uh, the first thing that I think kids are uh, experiencing and walking into is growing peer pressure. Um, that one is, uh, I mean, I think that's a pretty uh, time uh, consistent uh, thing that uh, these preteens are are not it's not a new thing they're running into we've all experienced peer pressure now um, i think the the reality is um the peer pressure is changing um and how it manifests and how it presents itself um and it's no longer like a straight up encouragement to do x y or z right it's not like hey come hang with the cool kids and come to a party right but it's just the 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 growing presence of social media and online trends and having to keep up with the times that kind of pressures these preteens into living in a way that does not match up with their faith, right? And it's not like a big hard thing that, you know, kids are yelling at each other to do this or that, but it's just kind of a an undertone in society and culture and how kids should act. So um, I, I think that's something that they're really facing and dealing with. Just the peer pressure, the pressure in general to live, uh, you know, that perfect social life, right? That perfect Instagram-worthy life where nothing is ever wrong, and, and they've always got to be doing the next biggest thing, right? I call it the YouTube phenomena. If you're familiar with YouTube, uh, the way to get views is to do something big, right? To do something crazy, to do something someone's never done before. And so, you know, these content creators on YouTube are doing bigger and bigger things. And you see that in somebody like Mr. Beast, who's, you know, creating these multi-million dollar videos. And everyone's like, whoa, this is crazy, right? And so I think that's kind of growing into our kids as well, that they need to do bigger and better and more uh, to be accepted and liked. And so that pre-pressure is just kind of pushing into their lives, 
and creating all sorts of turmoil and struggle um, as they're struggling with this. I'm walking this faith life out, but there's this life here. How do I meld them together? And so uh, the reality is what we need to do is we need to anchor our kids' view of themselves in God's truth, right? Consistently every week are we anchoring our kids' views of God and how God views them. So uh, I'm going to have some scripture uh, verses for you guys uh, to really take to heart um, and, and some ideas on how we can love these kids and how we can share that. But Romans uh, 8, 37 through 39, it says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, neither present nor future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that just needs to be a value in our ministry, right? It needs to be a value that no matter what society says, no matter what others say, um, there is nothing that separates us from the love of Jesus Christ, right? And that is something that we need to pour into our preteens over and over and over again, that it does not matter uh, what people say, what people think, what you think people think, what society thinks, right? Those cannot separate us from the love of God, and we don't need those to be loved by God. Uh, he is there for us, and so we really need to drive that home to fight against that peer pressure. Now, another thing that I'm noticing uh, in our preteens is that these socially relevant issues uh, and the polarization that comes along with them um, are are trickling down to these really, really young ages. I'm talking about things like uh, gender and politics and you know social uh, norms and things like that. Like the things that used to be, you know, uh, for for seniors in high school as they got ready for college and discovering themselves is now preteen zone. I've heard debates and discussions about almost all of these topics, and I'm like, you're nine. Right. And it's like uh, the reality is they don't they don't really know what they're saying. Right. I, I don't I, I remember being that age and and not even really knowing about these concepts. Uh, but the kids don't really know what they're saying. A lot of times it's just repetition from what they've heard. Um, and a lot of it gets passed around in schools. A lot of it gets passed around from, you know, uh, you know, other kids at schools and uh, what they hear from their parents saying and all sorts of stuff like that. And so these socially relevant issues that are often very polarizing um, get thrown into the, uh, the lives of these 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds that don't need that pressure, right? That don't need that, uh, you know, any of those expectations, right? We, they, they need to be kids and they need to grow in their faith and learn about who Jesus is and, and not worry about whether, you know, you know Joe Biden is the best president or not right and it's just these crazy things that i hear from these preteens and i'm like what are, like what are we you're you're 10 like and it just seems like there's so much pressure on these kids and it breaks my heart to see um the things that they're experiencing and having to think through and and talk about and and so uh the reality is that that we we want to constantly redirect them to god's sovereignty right to say hey there's a lot going in in our culture there's a lot going on in our world and it may be scary it may seem like something that you shouldn't like. Maybe you hear from your parents this and that, and it may seem like something that you should be fighting against. But the reality is we need to point back to God's sovereignty, right? He is in control. He has got this, right? Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern 
what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And we really just need to direct and point and show that, that no matter what, no matter what we think on the issues, first of all, they don't matter in the end. God matters in the end. But the reality is these issues, they, it, is, it is up to you know, God, we can't be conformed by the world. We can't be conformed with worldly issues like politics and, and all of these societal standards and things like that. Like, that's not the place for a Christian to be. A place for a Christian to be is in in the word and in the heart of God. And so um, just constantly redirecting towards God's sovereignty in our lessons and in our conversation with these preteens, I think, is so, so important. Um, number three, the third thing that, that kids are walking into is a continually growing online dependency um, and an increasing exposure to the world, right? Um, online is a instant portal to anywhere that you desire. Uh, no generation, no culture, no society as a whole, no globe has been as connected in history as we are right now. And I just legitimately think our bodies and our brains are not made for that. That's why you see things like anxiety and depression and suicide and mental health skyrocketing at such a pace is because we were not meant to take in the world's information. Um, it is hard enough to see the things going on in our local communities, but to see it around on a global scale. Uh, and the reality is social, uh, you know, social media and the news thrive off of bad news, right? Bad news sells. And so that's all these kids are seeing when they're online. And the dependency of uh, social media and stuff like that. I talked a little bit about some of the things that, that the church can do better. Uh, and one of the things was uh, understanding social media and that these younger generations that even I'm a part of are willing to take the pain and the hurt and the excess, uh, you know, negative things from social media. We are willing to take those consequences for the benefit and reward that social media brings, right? You know, if you do just a little bit of research into, into what these companies are doing, right, they are basically trying to create the most addictive um, uh, app that they can. They're trying to make an app that that rewards the pleasure centers in the brain over and over again, yeah, down to the colors and the noises you hear. They have studied and understand, and they are honestly terrifying uh, how good they are at doing it. But they continually, uh, continually try and root deeper, deeper into the lives of these kids. And the the point I made in that podcast a few weeks ago. Um, and another thing was that these kids uh, are viewing themselves as a brand now, right? You know, everyone is the next Instagram model. Everyone is the next influencer. And so the reality is they're wanting to know what's in it for them, right? What's in it for them? What do they get, right? Why is following Jesus better than you know, diving in and playing video games all day and social media and Instagram and trying to be the best and the most affluent and, and whatever. Why is why is it worth it for me to drop some of these things so that I can dive deeper in a relationship? And so uh, we really need to be teaching and showing the fruit of a relationship with God. Uh, like what does an authentic relationship with God look like? And what is the fruit? What is the why? What is the worth and value behind it? Because uh, for a preteen, they're like, I have a phone right here that can bring me instant gratification. I can be instantly entertained. I can 
instantly uh, get exactly what I want, right? I can go to what content creator I want, watch which video, I can move to the next one as soon as I want, right? TikTok's like seven seconds, I can just flip through them and be uh, entertained. So why is it worth it for me to put that down and read this 2,000-year-old book about some dead people and maybe one guy that's not dead and, like, why should I be talking to this guy, right? What is worth it? And and we show that by teaching uh, and showing the fruits of an authentic relationship with Christ and why it's worth it. And really, uh, there's no, like, verse to show why it's worth it. I think the greatest thing to show why it's worth it is testimonies, right? Testimonies from you, testimonies from your leaders, testimonies from your kids, from parents. I think when we show uh, these preteens like, hey, I was this, I was depressed, I was alone, I was coping through all of these things, but God saved me. When they see that the problems that they are facing and dealing with, there is a solution. And no, it is not more technology. It is not more uh, social media. It's not more followers or likes or whatever. No, it is God's love. Then they will see and it will connect. And so this is one thing that's really convicted me. I'm like, I'm not showing the value of following Christ as well as I should. And so it's really something that I want to start adding into our ministry is more and more testimonies from these kids and these leaders and these adults and and getting to show the value of who God is. And last but not least, uh, kids are walking into a culture that is uh, continuing to distance, doubt, and even uh, at this point become hostile towards Christianity and, and the values and and you know there is there is some legitimacy to it because so many people have been hurt by the church and uh, the church is made of people and people make mistakes and uh, the culture is is shifting away from that right uh, we're in a post Christian society Christianity is no longer the majority um, and is is becoming a minority in culture and so kids are walking into that right we see that in how schools are operating we see that in the news we see that in how uh, more and more people are distancing themselves from the church. And so we have to ask ourselves, how do we uh, support our kids who are walking into a church and watching more and more of their friends uh, step away from the church and more and more friends stop going and more and more friends start talking about the things that they're doing that are not centered around the gospel and not centered around the church. And they're sitting there thinking like, everyone else is doing it, like, right? The, the culture itself is rebelling against uh, Christianity and, and, and is distancing and doubting, and, and they're dealing with so much, uh, so much just cultural difference. And I think that this is one of the true, uh, truly the, the biggest things in, in our cultures that is shifting that, that a lot of us have not experienced. Uh, me personally, I went to a private Christian high school, so like I have no experience with that. But even in some of the, uh, the public schools, right, uh, churches and the ministries uh, are getting kicked out of those schools. They're no longer allowed to you know, present the gospel. And you know, all of these things are going on in our schools, and these kids are dealing with them more and more um, as, as kids are uh, learning more and more about different areas of life from this. Uh, we have to realize that uh, first, that we can't sugarcoat the cost of discipleship. I think that that is one of the most damaging things that the church can and has done before is to make it sound like discipleship is easy and the reality it is not. Um, it is discipleship, right? God says that his yoke is easy. 
uh, and the reality is compared to the, the pain and the burden of sin and trying to do it on our own, it is easy. But he does not say that there is no yoke, right? He does not say that there is no, uh, you know, thing that you're carrying. And we are uh, carrying the cost of discipleship, right? Paul says it all the time. You know, I have suffered and I have uh, been beaten and all of that. Uh, he talks about all of the things that he experienced as a disciple. Uh, and he says, but all of it is worth it for God. And so we cannot sugarcoat the cost of discipleship. We cannot say, oh yeah, you can be a Christian um, and go to school and act like you're not, right? Just kind of pretend. And, and then Sunday you're a Christian and then Monday you get to hang out with your friends. Like, no, it's like we have to really show the cost of discipleship, right? It is a cost, and we may lose friends, and we may be made fun of, and we're not facing the cost that some are, like death and, and being disowned, but we are facing costs that hurt. And then again, we point back again and again and again to the value of following Christ through testimonies, through lessons, through stories, through examples. We show that no matter what, the cost to follow Christ is always worth it, right? We can see the downside and the detriment of all of the, 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 the not following Christ, right? We can see the pain and the burden that causes, and then we can reflect and ask ourselves, like, right, what what is it about Christ that makes it worth it? And then portray that to the kids, right? Show them that that Christ is worth it in every lesson, in every song, and all that you do. Show that Jesus is worth it because they're facing a culture and they're going into a school where hostility is is becoming more and more normal. And we want to walk beside these kids and, and love them as best as we can. I hope this was helpful for some of y'all that you really got some ideas out of it on how we can support our kids. And, uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to see you guys Monday for our nugget.